Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. Is Rob still in here? He went out okay. Well, you can convey what I'm going to say. When I walked in this morning, I uh, came into the sanctuary, and uh, Rob was up here on the uh, on the platform. And all all of the sudden, my focus was directed towards him, and I started thinking positive thoughts. That doesn't mean I think negative thoughts about him, but uh, <laughs> but what that what that tells me is that word that came forth for him today was was it's just to me a confirmation of what the Lord because the Lord was focusing my attention he was giving me words of knowledge for Rob and uh, they're all positive so just let him know that words was for him was right so not that he needed any confirmation but if you are and you can take that as a as a lesson um if the if you if the Lord just brings somebody in, into your mind and highlights them, He's speaking to you about them. You could be thinking of somebody you never thought about for a long time, and that might mean the Lord wants you to contact them, give them word uh, and encouragement. So anyway. Um, the problem with, with me is everything that's said, I can come up with a sermon. So everything, everything that goes on, bam, 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 oh, I can say that, oh, I can say that, oh, I can say that, you know. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, um, this morning, um, well, I was thinking of a, of a book, which I never read, it's called The Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times and the worst of times. Well, I'm not going to say any more about that because I have another tale. It was called, it's called The Tale of Two Cars. I had a, when, we, when we moved out here, we left Missouri in a Datsun, I think it was a 510 station wagon. And uh, that thing was still running very well when I got rid of it, but it was one of those cars that rusted, you know. I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful engine. Probably still be running 600,000 miles today. But, you know, it was one of those cars that was just rusted. So anyway, the, the, the great thing about that car, you know, uh, when you fill up a tank, uh, you have, uh, you know, a full tank, you have a three-quarter tank, you have a half tank, you have a, a one-quarter tank, and then it's empty. Well, this particular car had a five-quarters. Now, that's mathematically impossible, but once it got to the empty line, it would go 
down another like quarter tank. And I'd still have gas, you know. So anyway, it was a wonderful car, you know. But um, I remember I got a new car. It was, uh, got it from Francis for Fords. Anybody remember Francis for Fords? Well, it was a Ford Escort and a lot of stories with that. But uh, so I was driving home from Harrisburg. I don't think I'd had the car very long, but um, I was I was close to empty, but I was thinking of my old car, the five-quarter tank. <laughs> well, I was, I'd passed Clark's Ferry Bridge. I was coming up towards Halifax on, on that road there, the Riverfront Road, and I was in between Clark's Ferry Bridge and Inglenook. Anybody know where Inglenook was? Okay. So I was on there, and all of a sudden, I, my car hits empty, and it's done. I mean, bam, I'm done. I, so I have to pull it off to the side of the road, and I don't remember the details. I remember I was stranded there, and I don't remember how I got a hold of anybody because back then I didn't have a cell phone. I don't even know if they had them, but uh, I'm sure they did. But Yeah, they were the size of walkie-talkie from the Army. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, I remember somebody from the church came and rescued me with a five-gallon can of gas. I mean, it was can. It wasn't tin can. It wasn't a plastic can. So that's how long ago this thing was. But anyway, the moral of the story is, is dangerous to run on empty. It's dangerous to run on empty. Or another way we could put it, it is there is security and running on full. So it's the way to look at it is uh, whether we look at the glass as half full or half empty. Okay, so we'll just say it's, it's more beneficial to run on full. I don't know about you, but I learned a lesson that time, not to run on empty. But you know, throughout the scriptures, we, um, we are exhorted multiple times to stay full, to be full of it. <laughs> full of the Spirit. What were you thinking? <laughs> and you're a preacher? I was a sailor. My wife said, I, you know, I was cussed like a sailor, so I might as well. <laughs> oh, oh, sailors. Well, I thought I was thrown in the bunch. But <laughs> anyway. Just a little tease, need to get back every now and then, even though I never did it before. But So we're going to talk this morning about uh, staying full, keeping the tank full. I believe a lot of times we, uh, we are frustrated. We talk a lot about fear, prophetic words about fear, but I believe a lot of times uh, the reason for that is because we're running on empty or we're running on a quarter tank. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of empty space. Do you know that vacuum, nature hates a vacuum, and so it has to fill it. It fills it with something. That's why the scripture says, give no place to the devil. If you're full, there's no place for him to come in. Can you say amen? 
I've got a lot of scripture today because I was awake almost all night last night thinking of this. Bam. That's why I came up with the tale of two cities. But anyway. But we have got to stay full. We've got to stay full. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. Jesus speaking here. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man or a woman, when an unclean spirit goes out, it says he goes to dry places seeking rest and finding none. Then he says, I will return to the house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty. Say empty. Empty. Swept and put in order. Do you know a lot of times Christians... Uh, they are, they're swept, they're clean, they're put in order, they have all their ducks in a row, but they're empty. Give no place to the devil. The only way he can have place is when we're empty. Turn to somebody and say, oh me. Is he talking to you or me? So he says, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Now, uh, just to let you know, I don't believe a Christian can be possessed by a demon. Why? Because they are possessed by God. I've been bought with a price. I've been washed in the blood. Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I forget the song. Joel was singing in, what was it, first grade? What was that teacher's victory name? Oh, Victory in Jesus. I think I told this a couple last time I preached, maybe. But the bathroom was right actually inside the classroom, but of course there was a door. And so when Joel went to the bathroom, he was singing, Oh, Victory in Jesus. Loudly. Loudly. <laughs> and the teacher was a Christian. I forget her name, but... Uh, Anyway, she, she reported to us about that. So I thought that was cool. So he, was, uh, he didn't know he had the, the call to be a worship leader, even back then. But the admonition, not only here, but I'll give you other, other places, is to stay full, because if we don't stay full, we, give, we create a vacuum which gives place to the devil. And you say, well, you know, we don't want to talk about the, I don't talk about the devil all the time. I remember one time uh, we, I was preach. we were preaching, we had the, uh, the fire hall at that time. And so a man in the church came up to me and said, pastor, you talk about the devil too much. And I said, okay. I didn't change my preaching, but. And then I remember one time he comes in. And man, he is in the fire hall. He hung around after church. 
And he come up to me after everybody kind of left, and he said, um, he said, something happened last night. I said, what? He said, I woke up, and there was a big demon hovering over my wife. And, and he said, it just looked lustful and, you know, just hovering over my wife. And I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. I said, what did it do? He said, it left. And I said, I guess you believe in the devil now, don't you? <laughs> you know, God is funny. He's got a way of, you know, helping people out. I don't, God didn't send the devil there anyway. But uh, we give no place to the devil. If we ignore even the foundation, you know, you could be, you can be so up on the current truth and forget about the foundational truth that you open doors to let the enemy come in. So I'm here to let you know that it's time for us to shut the door to the devil. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep a candle in the night. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Doesn't anybody know that song? Light the candle, everything's all right. Light the candle, everything's all right. I had a cup of coffee. Maybe that's what it was. Well, I was singing to my wife before, before church this morning, wasn't I? She was putting on her makeup, and I got a song. We won't go there. You say, why do you do that? Because, you know, uh, I remember... I lost 80 pounds over winter one time. And so when you're in the winter time, you know, you're wearing these big coats. And my neighbor came over. Uh, I was mowing the yard in the springtime. And he came over and he said, man, what happened to you? He said, I need whatever you did. And I said, what did you do? And I started telling him. I said, don't eat white potatoes. I said, don't eat bread. I said, don't, you know. And all of a sudden, his eyes got glassy. Well, I knew, I knew he was gone. So why do I start singing and why do I start dancing? When your eyes get glassy, then I have to bring you back. Come back, come back. <laughs> Hallelujah. So in Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 5 and verse 18, it says this. It says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is access, he says, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, he said, be what? Be filled. Why? Because when you're empty, you give place. So be filled with the Spirit. And then he tells you how to do it. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, if nobody wants to hear you, don't worry about it. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for him. The audience of one, you are you are singing to him, and he's filling you with the Spirit. And then also he says, giving thanks always unto, giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that giving thanks is a way of filling yourself with the good? So the opposite would also be true. If I'm speaking negative in the negative sense, if I'm telling, woe is me, if I'm speaking that God never does anything for me, he's always blessing others, he's not blessing me, you are giving place to the enemy. So we're going to shut that door.
in the name of Jesus. And then listen to this. He goes on to say, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. If you are so prideful that you can't listen to somebody else, you have opened the door for the enemy to just come right on in. Just to walk on by. He walk on by, walk on by all the gates, all the guards. He's just walking right into your heart. Instead, just uh, shut the door and say, keep on, hit the road, Jack. <laughs> and don't you come back. You know, the funny thing is, my, my grandson somehow found out about that song, and he loved it. It's terrible. And he started singing that song. Hallelujah. You know, I didn't like Ray Charles when he was alive. But not that I didn't like him. It's just I didn't kind of like the music, but... Some, there's, some, there's some positive things that can be redeemed. <laughs> so anyway, giving thanks. And then he says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know, somebody else might have an insight that you need. And, you know, then it goes on to talk about wives submitting uh, unto their own husbands. That means that you're not supposed to be submitting to every man. That had been a good place to say amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're not, women are not subject to every man. They're told by God to submit. What, submission, what is submission? To come under the mission. Men, do you have a mission? Mission from the Lord? Yeah, I've got it. Mission impossible. No. Yeah. Well, I was watching this thing on the American Music Theater. So. Anyway, give no place to the devil. Thank you, Lord. Again, the scripture is filled with being filled. Let, uh, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That implies to me that when you don't want, you, you don't have any empty place. Mm-hmm. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. What's the next part? Oh, yeah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff. This is not, this is for the living, by the way. 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When you're in heaven, you don't have any enemies. Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Now listen to this part. My cup runneth over. Why? Because God knows that if you're empty, you've got a vacuum. You've got an open place. God wants us filled. Hallelujah. He wants us filled. I like uh, Psalm 16, 11. He says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Say fullness. In other words, God does not desire for you to be empty. God does not desire to you, for you to be half full. 
God desires for you to be full because if you're on empty, you are in danger. Hallelujah. Well, I'll just turn on, I'll just turn on the TV and watch my preacher. Well, what happens if the electricity goes out? You know, you have to learn. We have to learn how to build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, be speaking in tongues, but it's also praying as the Spirit moves and leads us. Thank you, Jesus. So, in Matthew, oh, I already read that, I'm sorry. Actually, this started out, I actually had another sermon in mind. It was about, I wanted to bring all of the prophetic prophecies about Jesus coming and talking about the faithfulness of God, but I just couldn't get it off the ground. Yeah, it wouldn't fly. But God gave me this, and I, you know, he raised me up. Okay. But the title of the message would be Hydrate Yourself. Hydrate Yourself. This is the Lord's invitation for us to drink. He said in Psalm 55, verse 1, O everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye by and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore, or why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Do you know that we partake of a lot of things that doesn't really satisfy our bodies? Doesn't satisfy our spirits? It might, you know, how, how many of you know sugar tastes good? But it's not good for you. Okay, we'll get, we'll get a, bit more, a little more into that later. But he says, um, he says, hearken diligent unto me and eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. Now, let me just explain that. Let your soul delight itself in prosperity. That's what it's talking about. When you're focusing on the Lord, he's, the scripture says this, um, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. The first mission trip I ever went on, as a matter of fact, I have a passport in my, in the, in my back pocket. And uh, I was a lot heavier in this picture. I remember my first, uh, my first trip was to Haiti. Do you know, people are poor in Haiti. And so they would call me um, Big Blanc. I forget what the... And Blanc was Big White. <laughs> big White, Whatever. But they're, in their thinking, they're thinking, they were thinking, I must be prosperous. They thought, I must have a lot of money. And I remember Joyce, one of her, one of her things on uh, Facebook, she was letting people know back somewhere that just because you're in America, you still got problems, Right? 
But in other countries, they think because you're from America, you know, you live like kings. Well, in a sense, we do compared to others. But we got, you know, there's an old saying, I got shoes, you got shoes. All God's children got shoes. But there's another saying, I got problems, you got problems. All God's children got problems. Just depend on what you want to do with it, how you're going to respond when you're, when you're in that situation. He says, he says, incline your ear unto me and hear and your soul shall live. Do you want to, you want to be filled? Open your ears. Shut your, shut your ears to that which takes you away or drains your spirit, man, and open your ears to that which fills your to, that fills your inner man. Remember when I was in Bible school? I remember. I don't know if it was the first year or the second year, but I remember feeling like my spirit was a balloon, and it was getting so full it felt like it was going to pop. That's because I was hearing the word every day. I was hearing the word of God, you know, just being around that type of atmosphere. My inner man was being filled. But how many of you know we've got to come to the place where we're not around that atmosphere all the time, so we've got to do it ourselves. And we need other people. We need other people, but other people aren't with us all the time. Another scripture, he says in John chapter 7, 37, he says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So if you get empty, there's a place to go. Well, I've been saved. I, I walked the altar. Well, I need Jesus every day. I want Jesus more and more and more. I want Jesus like I, ne- like I always did before. More of his great love for me, so rich and full and free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. You know, uh, I, I wanted to say, I'm not going to preach a sermon on but there is no worship without giving. There is no worship. I'm not taking up an offering. But you know, uh, uh, Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, a reasonable service of worship. There is no worship without giving. No worship. Are you happy now? Good. He says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture says, out of his bellies shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not given, was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But Jesus is glorified and the Holy Spirit has been given. And notice it wasn't just a blessing for us. It was a blessing for others. 
There is the well of salvation where the Holy Spirit comes in, the water of life comes in. But in this scripture, out of your bellies flows river and wa- rivers of living water so that you will be a blessing to those you come in contact. But if you're empty, you're not much of a blessing. When I get empty, I start thinking about myself. When I get hungry, I start thinking about myself. When I get thirsty, I begin to think about myself. So for me to be effective in the kingdom of God, I must stay full. I must stay full. Well, God's just going to do it. I remember uh, Kenneth Hagin told us one time, he said there was a lady that came up to him and she said, oh, oh, pastor, she said, I'm so grateful I don't have to pray anymore. You know, Christians have crazy ideas. I'm so grateful I don't have to pray anymore. He says, what What do you mean by that? She says, well, the Holy Ghost does all my praying for me. Well, the Bible says the Holy Ghost helps our infirmities. Doesn't mean he does it for you, but he helps you. He is called along. He's the paraclete. He's the one that's called alongside to help. Unless you are engaged, he isn't helping. Come on now. Uh, Danny's with me. At least he's shaking his head the right way. (laughs) No. (laughs) Unless you are engaged, unless you have a mission, how is your wife going to to come under submission? Unless you are engaged, how is the Holy Spirit going to come along and help you? say, Pastor, I wish you would have taught that other sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Let me give you some, uh, let uh, let me just say this, there's a parallel between the natural and the spiritual. So uh, again, the message was about dehydration. So what in dehydration, what is what happens in the natural can also happen in the spirit. So listen to this. These are some of the, uh, because I had to find out because I was dehydrated. So I had to find out. So what are some of the natural, uh, what are some of the symptoms? You feel, uh, you're feeling dizzy. You feel weak. You feel fatigued. You feel drowsy. You know, spiritually, when you, are, when you are dehydrated, not filled with the Spirit, then uh, you, things aren't clear. You're too weak to serve the Lord. You're too weak to help others. You're too weak to enjoy the Christian life or to be a benefit to others. Well, I don't care about others. Man, you better, you better rethink that. This is my commandment that you love one another. Well, I just love the people in church. Well, it's funny, he said to love your enemies. Love your neighbor, love your enemy. One guy said, I just can't can't love my wife. Well, love your enemy. (laughs) 
You can always find a way. God's got an answer for everything. I'm the Bible answer man for giving light. <laughs> Hallelujah. Also, well, what are the side effects? What happens? When, what are the side effects? Constipation. <laughs> Your body needs water to eliminate waste. When your body, now listen to this. You're going to start drinking water after this. When your body lacks sufficient water to hydrate the rest of the body, it starts to pull moisture from the colon to feed the rest of the body. Anybody know what the colon is? If you're dehydrated, it'll start pulling moisture from your colon to feed the rest of the body. Talk about toxic. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how, do, how does that relate to the Spirit? You, how many of you know you need proper elimination in the Spirit? 1 John yeah. 1, verse 7. If you walk in the light as He is in the light, you have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. That's where we get the moisture. That's where we get the water of the Spirit. And then as we do that, then we can eliminate that which is toxic in our lives. You know, you cannot, you know, some... You cannot hang on to sin and be in fellowship with God. I know you can hang on to sin. I mean, I've done it myself. You You ever hold a grudge? You're hanging on to something. Even if you hold on to it for a day, you're toxic. You've got you've to flush. You've got to hydrate. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Well, what else? When you do not hydrate enough, you carry excess weight. You can't lose weight unless you hydrate yourself. Hebrews chapter 1, or chapter 12 In verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How do I hydrate myself? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong. We should be joyful at all times, but we will have problems. We will have problems, but you don't, problems don't have to have you. That's where it goes back to give no place to the devil. If I maintain my joy, if I maintain my peace, he has no place in me. Remember, Jesus, uh, Jesus, before he was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
He speaks to his disciples and he says, the, the, the prince of darkness comes, but he has nothing in me. Yeah. Oh, I, love I love it too. He has nothing in me. Well, if you're so full of joy, if you're so full of peace, if you're so full of Jesus, he has nothing in you. You're going to have problems. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have things that'll, that will affect you, but you can turn it around. We, we were friends. You remember, remember the Rock Church, David Candolian? Well, they sang a song, uh, it's a beautiful song. It goes, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. He's going to work in your favor. He's going to turn it around and around. And they just kept singing that over. And it's very inspiring when they did it. <laughs> Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. You're going to, every one of us is going to have the midnight hour. Every one of us, we're going to have the dark night of the soul, but he's going to turn it around and around and around. That's why I love that, uh, that phrase in the scripture, it will come to pass. It will come. You're never going to stay in that, in, that, in that doom and gloom if we will stay filled with the Spirit. Yes, you're going to have to Yes, you're going to have to battle through. You're going to have to fight it through. But the, believe me, it's worth it. Yes. So, what's another? We've already talked about this. We mentioned it. But lack of energy. When you, re, when, when you refuse to hydrate yourself, you're gonna be, you're gonna, naturally, you're going to have lack of energy. Also in the spirit. So, I just wrote a couple of things down. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He says, behold, I give you. Come on. Behold, I give you power. to Tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Another scripture says, let the weak say I am strong. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. This one's on a lot of plaques. Isaiah 40, verse 29. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But them that wait upon the Lord <laughs> shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. With wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But they got to wait. We have to wait upon the Lord. That doesn't mean sitting down on your tin can. We still worship him. We still praise him. We minister to the Lord in thanksgiving and praise. We are waiting upon the Lord. Not in time. We are waiting as a waiter waits on those they're serving. We as, we as servants of the Lord wait upon him. And tell him how good he is. I don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time. I almost lost a car into the Atlantic Ocean. 
and most of you've heard it, but instead of, instead of, and I was in the Navy at the time, and we all know what that's like. <laughs> My last ditch effort was to start praising the Lord as the water was coming up over the tailpipe and I could see the bubbles coming out from (laughs) it's getting ready to go I mean it was ready oh praise the Lord praise the Lord and I'm young I'm young in Jesus and bless God we got that thing off we got that thing off the beach before it was swept out into the ocean them that wait upon the Lord are you waiting (laughs) Hallelujah. Also, um, your body, when you are dehydrated, produces more cholesterol. Excess cholesterol kills, by the way. And then I have this place, and I give no place to the devil. So stay hydrated spiritually. It also causes, when you, uh, when you are dehydrated and, and maintain dehydration... It causes skin problems. You'll have poor appearance. You'll have a poor appearance. You'll create rashes. Isaiah 61, verse 3. This is on the spiritual side. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. To appoint unto them that mourn, There's a lot of reasons why we mourn. We mourn because of loss. We mourn because it didn't go our way. We mourn because we prayed and it didn't happen. We mourn because I believe all these scriptures and why isn't it coming to pass? He, what does he say here? He says, he giveth beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he, that they might be glorified. I'd like to uh, tell this story because I don't know if I'm going to come back to this sermon, but There was a man I really loved. He was one of my favorite teachers when I was at Bible school. He he was a guest speaker. His name was Dr. Roy Hicks. He was the general uh, superintendent of the Four Square Church at the time. But he would come to Ramah, and he uh, he told this story one time. He said he was in this church, and he was preaching faith. And he said, uh, one, this lady asked him to come over to the house. And uh, so he did. He came over to the house and he said, uh, and it, this isn't being mean, okay? But he said she was the ugliest woman he'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he could have an ugly man. It could go either way. But she was the ugliest woman he'd ever seen. And she said, Pastor... She said, you preach like God will do anything for you. (laughs) She says, now look at me. What's God going to do for me? (laughs) Well, as a pastor, that's when you break into intercession. (laughs) 
Speak to me, Lord. That's that silent prayer. I used to, it used to bother me when people said, let's have a silent prayer. I thought, what's, what's up with that? But then as I became a pastor and I got into those situations and I believed in silent prayer. Help, Lord! He said, he prayed the help, Lord, pray, prayer, the Hail Mary or whatever. <laughs> and he said, it just came to him. He said, he said, from now on, I just want you to speak over yourself everything the Bible says about you. That you are more than a conqueror. Just the in him scriptures, in him, in Christ. He said it was amazing because her facial features didn't change, but she had a radiance that came over her. A radiance, the glory of God. You know what? Doesn't matter how ugly you are. <laughs> I would. You know, back in the day, I would have used that for myself. But everybody in the church said, oh, you're not, yeah, okay. But anyway, when you have a negative opinion of yourself, it's hard for God to bless you. So all of a sudden, she starts speaking what God says about her. Her physical features didn't change, but she had, a, she had the glory of God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Dr. Neil Anderson, I don't know if anybody remember Dr. Neil Anderson. He told a story years ago. He said he was, he was a teacher in a Bible school, and he said, there's all these beautiful girls, and there's this girl that looked like a sack of potatoes, whatever that means. And he said, but you know what? The funny thing about it, she never had a problem getting a date. And he said, he, he thought about it, and then he discovered she knew who she was in Christ. She knew who she was. She knew that God loved her. She knew that she was more than a conqueror. She knew that she was accepted in the beloved. She knew all of that. And so there was a radiance and a confidence that was on her. And God just wanted to be around her. So what am I saying? We've got to get rid of the insecurity by being filled with what God says about us. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Praise the Lord. You're getting a Christmas present. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We're going to quit. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. I love the, I love the command that, that God gave to the... Um, to the priest Aaron in Numbers chapter 6, he commanded them to bless the people. Do you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but you are a priest. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He also says in Revelation, see, I told you, I can just, I could just preach forever. 
I, have, I could preach the eternal gospel. But the seed of learning can only take so much. But Jesus says in Revelation, it says he has made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign with him forever and ever. It's hard for you to reign if you don't know who you are. Yes, yes, in the millennium. No, right now. You can reign right now, but you have to know. You have to be filled. You have to know who you are. You are not, you are not a mistake. You are not rejected. Men may reject you, but God doesn't reject you. You are, you are filled with life. You have an opportunity to drink from the tree of life all the time. The tree of life, or not the tree of life, the river of life, I'm sorry. But you can eat from the tree of life. The tree of life. Drink from the river of life. And you can sing that old song. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open prison door. Anybody know that song? Set the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well within. So that would be a good one. Not that we'll do it here. But... <laughs> But that would be a good one to rehearse in your private time. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful, Lord God, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we thank you for the invitation, the continual invitation to come and be filled with your power, to come and be filled with your spirit, to come and be filled. And Lord, uh, we just come against every lie of the enemy that tells any of us that we're second class, that tells any of us that, God's, that God did it because of obligation. No, be, no he, lo, he saved you because he loved you. He saved you because he loves you. And salvation is not just the, even though it is being saved from hell, but it's so much more, so much more. So Father, I just speak, the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. What does that mean? That means God's got a big smile when he looks at you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. That word gracious is also empowering. The Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So in Jesus' name, I decree unto you, be filled. I mean, wherever you are, you, you can be under the spout where the glory comes out. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask for the healing team to come this time.